When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with the A's Director of Player Development, Ed Sprague. Now in his third season as the A's Farm Director, we last talked to Sprague as the season was just getting underway. And now that we're starting to near the end of the minor league season, we wanted to check back in with him and get his insights on some of the A's top prospects, as well as some of last year's top draft picks. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Ed. Oh, my pleasure, Bill. We talked to you early on in the season, and now we're just about a month or so before the end of the minor league season here. We wanted to check back in with you on a bunch of guys, a bunch of interesting prospects in the A's system. I wanted to ask you about a guy who has just been called up by the A's. That's catcher Shea Langoliers, who you guys got from Atlanta in the Matt Olson deal. He's had a great season at AAA Las Vegas this year, shown a lot of power, hit a lot of home runs, done a great job behind the plate. Uh, I'm just curious to get uh, your impressions of what you've seen out of Shea Langoliers this year and and what you foresee for his future going forward uh, as a major leaguer. Yeah, we pretty much nailed it. I mean, Shea came in, and he was great. He's a great person, uh, great leader, showed all the skills on both sides of the ball. You know, um, obviously a really good trade for us to get that piece in the Olsen deal. And, and now he gets his chance to go home in front of his home crowd. I mean, he, he grew up 20 minutes from the stadium there in, uh, in Dallas. And so that's awesome for him. Very happy. But, you know, he's, he, I think he's an everyday major league player. You know, I just think that's what his future is. Yeah, he certainly seems like he's done everything you could ask for him this year at Vegas. I don't know what what more you could hope for, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he got up to a good start. Like I said, he's been good on both sides of the ball, good in the locker room, very well beloved by his teammates and his coaches and managers. You know, they all speak very highly of him. So uh, another guy who started the year in Oakland and was sent down to Vegas is center fielder Christian Pache. I mean, obviously he had some struggles with the bat in the major league. I'm, I'm curious to see how much you've seen of him since he's been down at Vegas and, and what your impressions are of where he's at and maybe what he needs to do to, to become the player he needs to be in the major leagues. Yeah, I mean, I saw him last night. I, I, think, it's, I think it's the first time I saw him since uh, he's been sent down. Uh, he did not have a great game defensively last night. I know that is kind of his calling card. Um, but, you know, I mean, we think he can play defense. We know he can run. It's just a matter of, you know, getting those at-bats underway. And he's got a pretty good swing. You know, it's, it's really about trying to get on time, learn the timing aspect, uh, you know, of, of hitting. And, and really, but I think, the, I think the, you know, the basis is there for him to, you know, to be a good player. 
Uh, you know, a guy at Vegas who's a little more under the radar but seems intriguing is uh, uh, right-hander Garrett Acton. You know, he was he was not drafted, uh, and you guys signed him as a amateur free agent a couple years ago, and he's performed really well in your system. You know, he's striking out a lot of guys. I think he's striking out 12 guys per nine innings, pitching well for Vegas. Uh, does he look like a guy who could be, you know, a, a helpful piece in the major league bullpen at some point to you? I do. I, I think that, you know, I don't know if it'll be this year, but I think that, uh, you know, he's moved quick for us. Uh, he, you know, he had a spike in velocity that he's been able to, to maintain. You know, we saw some, some spikes during the pandemic that guys got but weren't maintained. You know, he seems to have maintained his. Uh, he's in really good shape. I think, you know, the next thing will be tightening up that breaking ball a little bit. Um, you know, and sharpening that thing up is probably going to be the finishing piece for him. But, yeah, I think he's, you know, he's along the lines of, of Zach Jackson or J.B. Wendelkin, you know, that type of reliever on the back end. Yeah, definitely. You know, I wanted to ask you about a bunch of guys at AA Midland because it seems like a lot of your most promising prospects have, have been at AA Midland this year. There's a lot of really intriguing guys there. They've got a really good lineup. And I wanted to start out with the guy who was your first-round draft pick just a couple of years ago, catcher Tyler Soderstrom, who's actually been playing just as much first base as he's been catching this year. He started out the year in Lansing, struggled a bit, and then finally got into a groove and really started hitting, shown a lot of power. He's uh, got, I think, 21 home runs. He's leading the A's minor league system in home runs this year, recently promoted to Midland. Can you talk a little bit about where you feel Tyler Soderstrom is at at this point and and how you foresee him progressing in the near future? Yeah, I mean, Tyler had a rough April. I mean, it wasn't easy up there in Lansing. Uh, the weather was really bad this April, you know, with 35, 40-degree weather, something he's really never had to deal with. You know, he had some struggles that he really never had to deal with. Um, then he kind of got thumbed a little bit when he was catching. So he, he had some, you know, he had to deal with a lot of things that he's never really been thrown at him before. Uh, so I think that first month and a half was a really – good learning experience for him uh, obviously since that point he's taken off uh, we did back off the catching just a little bit because of the thumb uh, so he's kind of split you know between first and and catching but his catching has really kind of improved in the second half once he came back from that injury and uh, he's throwing the ball better and like I said he's, he's swinging the bat really good and uh, you know he hasn't taken off yet in Midland but he's uh, it's not because he's overmatched I mean just because just a matter of you know getting used to the league well, he's sure, certainly shown uh, the power and the ability to hit the ball hard wherever he, he's been anyway. Uh, going forward, do you see foresee him pretty much continuing to split time between the catcher and first base positions at this point? Yeah, I think so. I think we're kind of, you know, simultaneously trying to develop both. Uh, we want to make sure he's a, he's a solid defender at either position. Uh, you know, obviously we, we all knew he had a lot to work on behind, uh, behind the plate, and he has. He's really improved. Uh, and then first basis, you know, it's one of those things where everybody thinks you can just throw anybody over there. And, you know, you can for a day or two, but there's a lot of intricacies to the position that if you want to be a really good defender, you kind of need to know. And so we want to make sure he gets those reps there as well. Right. I, I think Ron Washington would agree with that, if I'm correct. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, now you've got you've actually got another really good catcher at double A Midland this year, too. And that's Kyle McCann. You know, he was the guy who really struggled quite a bit last year, really has turned things around this year. 
uh, showing a lot of power, hitting a lot of home runs, just looks like a, a whole new uh, hitter this year. But what do you think about the progress that Kyle McCann's made, and, and what do you think about his prospects going forward? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't be happier or prouder of, of Kyle, really. I mean, you got to remember that, you know, obviously coming out of the pandemic, we shoved some guys up a level, uh, and a lot of these guys, their first full season was in double A, you know, Logan Davidson as well, and and, and Kyle struggled. I mean, he really did. Um, but to his credit, you know, he showed up with a smile on his face every day to the, to the clubhouse and became a, he became a leader in that clubhouse. And this year, we, you know, we asked him to make a couple adjustments on the offensive side right at the end of spring training. Uh, that didn't really click right away, but he stuck with it, which is, which is rare, you know, for a player nowadays, you know, when they don't get immediate success to stick with something. <laughs> and he's kind of taken off. His walk rates jumped. You know, uh, he's got the homers there, and, and, you know, he's catching good. And so it's it's really a great story, probably the comeback of, of the year, I think, in the organization. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, you know, appears like he's put himself on the map now with the season, <laughs> season he's had there this year and really accentuated the catching depth that you guys have in the minor league system right now. Another guy at Midland who's really looked good is your second-round draft pick from last year, Zach Geloff. You know, he was drafted as a third baseman. Looks like he's been playing more second base uh, lately there at Midland. But he, he's really shown a good ability to, to put the bat on the ball and uh, get on base. And it seems like he's, he's done a really good job in his first go-round with a full-season team here in Midland this year. Yeah, we were really happy with Zach when we got him last year. Uh, you know, he, he played well. And then because of the timing of the season and AAA going, and they kind of ran out of some guys with, you know, COVID or some call-ups, he got to go to AAA for a short period of time and, and really did well there. And it kind of gave us the, the comfortability to start him in AA. You know, it was, it was kind of a risk first full season like we did with those other guys. And Zach kind of took off, had a great spring, and started well. You know, he, he had the shoulder injury on, from diving for a ball. Um, but he's back healthy now and, and, and starting to swing the bat really well again. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a guy that's developed very quickly and, you know, could be in a position to, to help the major league team before too long. Another guy who seems to have developed pretty quickly was your seventh-round draft pick last year. Another third baseman, Brett Harris, started off the, uh, great at Lansing early in the year and earned an early promotion to Midland, and he's just continued to keep hitting there. Um, he just seems to do uh, do everything right, as far as I can see, see at least uh, at the plate. But tell me your impressions of Brett Harris and the, the, the rapid development he's made this year. Yeah, so his college coach was one of my uh, college teammates, Mark Maktoff, and, and he really raved about this kid when I called him after we got him. He just felt like he was a really high IQ baseball guy. I mean, he's a great person, you know, off the field. And everything he does is kind of simple. You know, he has really kind of simple moves. The bat's kind of flat. It's in the zone for a while. Uh, he's got really clean glove action. Arms, Arm works really good. And, you know, Coach Maktoff really thought the power was going to come in pro ball, and it has at times. But he's, uh, he's been a really solid player. He can, he's at least got some versatility, too. He can play third, and he can play second. He can also, you know, play short in a pinch for a day if you need it. Um, so, yeah, he's been a, He's been a really good pick, and I just think that, you know, his makeup has allowed him to succeed, uh, you know, very fast. 
Yeah, it's, it seems like uh, he and Geloff both seem to, to know what they're doing on the ball field, and that could really help them, you know, be fast risers at this point. Certainly, with the A's in the midst of a rebuild, it's a, it's good to be in a position like those players are right there. Another guy at Midland I wanted to ask you about is Jordan Diaz. He's been playing first base mainly this year. He's still pretty young. He's always shown a lot of power. He's always hit the ball really hard. He's got a lot of extra base hits this year. I guess the only question with him would really be, you know, where he ultimately ends up uh, defensively, position-wise. But but he's certainly hit, continuing to hit the ball well at Midland as a young hitter. Tell me what you've seen out of Jordan Diaz uh, this season. Yeah, again, you know, he's. we always knew he had great bat-to-ball skills. I mean, that's been the one thing he's come with. Uh, we always felt like he was going to grow into some power, and he has. Uh, with Jordan, it's always been about, you know, plate discipline and swinging at more strikes, uh, not being so aggressive early in the count, uh, and, and throwing at bats away. And then on the defensive side, you know, is really trying to get him more passionate about defense and understanding the importance of it to stick at the major league level. I mean, not get there, but to stick at the major league level. And, and, you know, that's been a challenge. I mean, he's not a, horrible defender he just doesn't seem to have as much interest in in playing defense as he does hitting um bobby crosby's been really good for him you know bobby's held him accountable on his defense and so he's grown there defensively i think first is going to be his best option we we've tried third we've tried left but i think first is going to be the best best option for him but you know right now it's bat first and we'll just continue to grow with him on the defensive side he still is you know he's obviously 21 he's still young yeah, yeah, it certainly seems a little reminiscent of Renato Nunez, uh, certainly in terms of the power, but if he can develop a little more plate discipline and, and maybe find a spot to stick on the field, then he could certainly end up being a much more valuable player with the, the power he brings to bear. Let me ask you about a few pitchers before we wrap up with a few of, of the younger guys. Uh, I think a pitcher who appears to have made big strides this year is uh, Jeff Criswell. He was your second-round draft pick a couple years ago. You know, he always had the stuff, but it was just a matter of his control and his command was questionable. Seems like he's been able to harness his stuff a little more this year. Got off to a great start at Lansing. He's been pitching well at Midland. But what do you feel about the progress that you've seen uh, out of Jeff Griswell thus far this year? Yeah, obviously we're disappointed with the injury he had, you know, last year. Um, But, you know, it might be a blessing in disguise because – you know, he did come up with some mechanical flaws that we were trying to clean up, and and if he was just to be able to go out there and pitch and have success, maybe we didn't, maybe we didn't get to those things. So right. during the the rehab process, we were able to clean up a lot of the mechanical stuff, keep him on line, you know. So hopefully, long term health that'll be better for him, uh, and it's all paid off. I mean, we always knew the stuff was there; it was just like trying to harness it in the zone, and so he's been able to take that. You know, he worked really hard to get back on the field and uh, and has pitched well. You know, another intriguing pitcher is uh, left-hander Hogan Harris. You know, you guys drafted him a few years ago, and it just seems like he's constantly been dealing with injury issues. You know, most of the time he's been in the system. He's finally gotten back on the field healthy this year. He's kind of been limited to throwing three, four, five innings at a time. But, man, he's been really dominant when he's out there. He was pitching at Midland, and he was just recently promoted to AAA Vegas. Really curious to see what he's going to be able to do there. But tell me tell me where you feel Hogan Harris is at at this stage of the game and what you feel he's truly capable of if he remains healthy. Yeah, again, another great story. I mean, he, he has been hurt quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm currently on my, my, on my way to watch him right now. He's starting for Vegas uh, in a couple hours here. So, 
it's going to be interesting. You know, he comes with the velocity has come back. It's always one of the concerns when you have multiple injuries. Uh, he's, you know, he's up to 97, but he pitches from, you know, basically two to five. Uh, slow breaking ball and a good change up, and you know, he's got good command and deception. I think he's going to have to probably come up with, you know, a slider, uh, you know, something that will close the gap between that slow breaking ball and his fastball uh, to kind of get something going away from left-handers, maybe in on some right-handed hitters. Uh, but for us, we want to just continue to get him through the year healthy, uh, and that will probably be something that a finishing pitch that maybe he starts to work on in the offseason or for next year. Uh, but he's made great strides, and, again, we're just happy that, that he's been able to stay healthy. Yeah, it's just great to see him back on the mound and able to, to fool hitters to the degree that he that he is. Uh, and then another pitcher that's kind of an intriguing under-the-radar name to me, another guy who was not drafted that you guys signed as a, a, an undrafted amateur free agent a couple years ago is left-hander Jack Owen. He, he's really had one of the best seasons of any pitcher in your system this year. Started out great at, at Stockton pitching out of the bullpen. Then he was promoted to Lansing. Now he's pitching out of the rotation there. And he just seems to be a really, you know, a really solid left-hander. I mean, the guy, you know, has a really good strikeout rate for a guy who wasn't, wasn't even drafted. That's pretty impressive. But tell me a little bit about your impressions of uh, left-hander Jack Owen. Yeah, just like you said, he's, he's that college pitchability lefty that, you know, you kind of want to push through the system and see how far they can get with the stuff they have. He's not going to be overpowering. But he knows how to pitch, you know. Uh, I think he came recommended from Tim Hudson, who was his pitching coach at, at Auburn. And, you know, that's how we kind of got him after the draft. And, uh, like I said, he's continued to throw strikes and fill it up and change speeds. And, you know, you're going to have a lot of success doing that. Yeah, I was going to say, a, a recommendation from Tim Hudson always helps, I'm sure. So <laughs> let me wrap up with a few of the younger guys that are really intriguing in the system right now. And first of all, your first-round pick last year, Max Muncy. You've got to be pleased with the progress he's made. He still hasn't quite turned 20. He will soon, but he's still technically a teenager. Got off to a great start in Stockton. Now he's at Lansing. Right off the bat, showing a lot of power, taking a lot of walks, playing pretty well in the field. For a 19-year-old, you've got to be pretty happy with what you've seen out of Max Muncy this season. Yeah, very happy. He's a fun kid to be around. He really enjoys playing the game. You know, I think some of the mistakes he makes is just that, you know, I think he feels like at any time if he needs to kind of get a hit to right, he can do it. So he kind of cuts it loose early in the count. And, you know, he'll have some swing and miss and some chase that pitchers will take advantage of as he moves up the system. And that'll have to tighten up a little bit. But he's a confident kid. He's not over overly cocky. He has fun playing. Uh, he's a good teammate. And, you know, he's really kind of fun to be around. I, I have no worries about him. You know, like I said, he's not lighting the world on fire in Lansing, but he's doing just fine for where he's at in his age. And, you know, he does have some power and, you know, he's got a lot of ability on the defensive side as well. Yeah, it's certainly good to see him uh, come out of the gate as strong as he has this season as such a such a young player. Now, a guy who who really, to me, looks like one of the steals of the draft last year was your fourth round pick uh, outfielder Denzel Clark. Got off to a tremendous start at Stockton promoted to Lansing he's getting going there now you know the guy has so much power so much speed he can play center field plenty of things still need to be refined but man he sure seems to bring a lot to the table but what are you seeing out of Denzel Clark this year yeah I mean you know you, you hate to describe it as a raw natural athlete but I, I don't really think he's raw as much as he's maybe a little more green he just hasn't 
played a ton of baseball in terms – I mean, he's played a lot. I mean, we use that term, he hasn't played a lot. But, you know, he came from Toronto, you know, cold weather. He's not a year-round type guy. Uh, you know, he has great pedigree background from an athletic standpoint. Mom was an Olympian. You know, uncle was – I think cousin's Olympian. Uncle was an Argonaut football player in the CFL. So, you know, this guy is really strong. He's really fast. Uh, you know, he's got long limbs that you – know, those things are hard to time up from time to time, but the raw power is real. The speed is real. He's a plus defender. And like, it'll just be one of those things. You just continue to make small little adjustments along the way that's, you know, kind of will continue to keep that, that, uh, you know, that package going. It'll just, I think he's just going to be one of those guys that continues to get better and better and better uh, as he just keeps playing the game. Yeah, with his raw tools, it's going to be fun to watch him watch him develop. Uh, hopefully quickly. He certainly looks like he has the ability to. Uh, you know, another guy who, who maybe is a little more under the radar that I think has impressed at least me th- this year is uh, your ninth-round draft pick last year, catcher Shane McGuire, who started out at Stockton, is recently promoted to Lansing. He's just shown a pretty good ability to put the bat on the ball and to, and to get on base. He's got one of the best on-base percentages of anyone in your system this year. But he does, he's not a guy who gets, uh, gets talked about a lot, so I wanted to get your impressions of Shane McGuire. Yeah, really good hitter. You know, I mean, he plays a solid defender. You know, he's not a, not a plus-plus defender behind the dish or at first, but he, but he plays them both very well. You know, I think we're going to probably try to bring him to instructional league to try to try to tap into some power with him. You know, he doesn't hit a lot of long balls, but we think that, you know, it's going to be part of, part of the game he needs to kind of expand upon a little bit. And he does have such good bat to ball skills right now that, you know, we can probably take a little bit of an opportunity to try to get some power out of him because he is a stronger guy. So, uh, but yeah, he's, he's had a great season. Yeah, I mean, anytime you've got a left-handed uh, hitting catcher who can actually hit, that, that is a valuable thing to have. Anyways, all right, I wanted to wrap up by asking you about another catcher. Uh, I don't know how much you've seen of him, but your first-round draft pick this year, catcher Daniel Susak out of uh, Arizona. He was in Arizona, has recently joined Stockton. Don't know how much you've seen him, but I'm sure you've at least seen video of him. Curious to get your impressions on, uh, on the new first-round pick of the A's, Daniel Susak, this year. Yeah, again, he, you know, I, I've seen him a couple games down in Arizona uh, before he got before he shipped him off to Stockton, and like I said, great leadership type guy, uh, bigger body. He's going to have to, you know, get, get some of those parts together in terms of footwork behind the dish and throwing. Um, you know, kind of, he really tries. He, he has a deep understanding of what he wants to do. Obviously, his brother played the big leagues, so again, it's just being a matter of playing, adapting to the pro game. But he's got a plus arm, pretty accurate. Uh, he'll need to work on some receiving issues, you know, kind of to his glove side a little bit from what I've seen so far. Um, but the, he's got he's got really good time, big power when he can get to it. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch him develop and uh, as a pro as well. Yeah, and uh, we've seen a lot of promotions lately, a lot of guys moving up with, uh, with about a month or so left of the season. Do you think we're going to see much more movement? Do you think guys are pretty pretty well set in place, or do you think there's going to be some guys that maybe you're going to want to get a look at them at the next level for the last month or so of the season? Uh, yeah, you might see a little bit. You know, I don't know if you'll see a ton, but you might see a little bit. I mean, some of these pitchers, as they get their, their feet wet in Arizona, you know, might start to come out to Stockton. Um, you know, like I said, and you may see a little bit of movement from double A to triple A. Um, but like I said, right now you got, you know, two teams fighting for championships and, 
in Double A in Midland and Triple A Vegas. Although you know, Vegas had a tough stretch, but they're still in it. And so I don't know how much how much movement you'll see, but you'll, you'll probably see. There's always movement, you know. I wish <laughs> I wish I didn't have to make all these movements. But, uh, there always seems to be something happening. <laughs> yes, whether whether it's in your plan or not, there's often movement that is needed at some point or another. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us today, Ed. We really appreciate getting a sort of late season perspective on some of these promising A's prospects that we can uh, hopefully look forward to seeing at the major league level before too long, anyway. So thanks again for taking the time to talk to us today. All right, Bill. Take care. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.